Inherently Happy, episode 60, Happy in School. Yowza ha ha. And welcome to A Practical Guide to Being Happy. In school, in this case. Do you like school? I used to hate it. For years. History was boring. English grammar was hard. Foreign languages were impossible. I liked theater and stagecraft. I liked poetry. Not much punctuation there if you don't want it. I liked storytelling. I loved film. And cartooning and animation and humor and silliness. But I still had to toe the line because most schools are like prison. It's hard to game a rigged system. But they had one weakness. The students were prisoners, of course. So I felt. But so were the teachers. The holders of the keys were in the same boat as us. They were the weak link. And so I made use of that, too. And you're not going to believe me at first. But as I describe more of it, the bigger picture will be revealed. What I did to those poor screws is make their lives happy. It can be done. I made them realize the impact they could truly have. The whole reason they got into teaching in the first place. It took me until my senior year of high school to fully get the fact that teachers were people too, with all the faults and potential as the rest of us. It wasn't until one of my favorite high school teachers got fired for having an affair with a student that I realized they weren't perfect. And it wasn't until I took an elective literature class that actually talked about ideas and not just rules that I saw how a teacher, and by extension, a classroom, can grow in the very act of sharing knowledge and viewpoints, debating, and possibly changing each other's minds. And so when I actually got that, that education can actually be an opportunity for personal growth, I started to like it because I realized I could bring something to it. Education was no longer just a thing that was happening to me that I had to endure. It was something I could participate in. And the more I did the work, both class and home, the more I got out of it. Surprise, surprise, I know. I'm a slow learner, but once I got it, I got it. Because I had come so late to the party, I had a fresh perspective and an eagerness to go further. I wanted to make learning fun for myself, my classmates, and yes, the teachers. If the teacher droned on and put everybody to sleep, then it truly did feel like prison. I did what I had to do to keep from going mad. So I went happy instead. And eventually, in so doing, I went from academic probation to advanced placement, a different kind of AP. I made the honor roll for the first time ever. Actually got into college. I never thought that would happen. My parents wanted me to repeat a year, so big surprise. I got on the dean's list in college was inducted into the English Honor Society. I definitely never thought that would ever happen. Since upon entering college, 
as a biology major at first, since science didn't confuse me nearly as much as English grammar did, I had to take a remedial English class, since you still have to take some writing courses along with everything else. And I got found out. But once I actually learned the rules, then I felt more confident in changing them to suit me. So I switched my major to creative writing and dove into literature and composition, eventually graduating with distinction. They give you an extra tassel for that. My secret? Happy. I went happy. Been doing it ever since. I made learning fun. That's all. That's the secret. Everything I've ever told you and everything I have yet to. That's why I'll never run out of things to say about happy. Because happy's everything and everything's happy in a happy world. And it's an ever-changing world. I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. This is something that needs to be worked on regularly. There will never come a point where you achieve total oneness with happy. Because by its very nature, it is growth. It is change. For the better, but it fluctuates. Now maybe you sat under a tree for years, not talking to anyone, and are fully awakened. And if so, good for you. But me, I live in the world. Sometimes I get distracted from the whole balance and growth thing and need reminding. Hence, these reminders. For me, and you if you want them. But back to school. And not just classwork. I improve socially too. I can talk about that in the next one socially happy. But in school, what did I do? And did it work right away? Well, lots of things. And no, not at first. You gotta just stick it out sometimes, even so. So make the journey as fun as you can to get you through it. First, you have to understand the philosophy behind it. The why. Why does school have any, of, any value at all in your life? Maybe for you it doesn't. You have to judge. But then the question becomes, why does learning or discussing anything have value? Growth, of course. To grow. It's grow or wither. I choose grow. And school helped me understand that school didn't make me grow, It was just a resource to test ideas, a proving ground. I took it upon myself, finally, to seek growth on my own. I used to think that all teachers were just mindless drones talking about the same things year after year, using the same boring lectures and the same boring tests, and the greatest feat a student could accomplish was to get the teacher to talk about something else, anything else. But in college... I met teachers who had spent their time living, learning, even becoming students again themselves. Not that my high school teachers didn't do that. I just never bothered to take an interest in them. Sorry. Teachers are people too, I finally realized. And they like to be amused, engaged, entertained, and surprised just like everybody else. And they come right out and tell you how to do it. They show and tell you what they find interesting every day in class. So share their interest or change courses. Do the work, for one. I never used to do the work, so I was always lost. So you do have to start there. 
but do it the way you want to do it. I'm serious. Doing the work, looking up what I didn't know, putting the time in, which for me was longer than most, gave me the confidence to bend the rules a little bit. Whatever they assigned me, like whatever they insisted the method should be, the structure, essay, analysis, introductions, conclusions, and all that, I completely ignored. They just wanted, they just thought they wanted that because they were told that's how you prove someone has grasped the material. But I stopped listening to that. I had a new brain that worked, finally, in the direction I wanted it to. And I only wanted to feed it fun things. And before you say, this would only work on me, I told people this very same thing, classmates of mine, at, time, at the time in college. And their grades immediately went up. The very next thing they handed in. That's how powerful the happy way can be, kids. I'm telling you. One friend of mine was a dancer. We shared an English class where we had to read a short assignment and then journal about it. Our thoughts and reactions. Boring stuff. She could barely keep up with the workload. She hated it so much. And she was a good student. Just unengaged. You can only blame the teacher and the material up to a point. The rest has to come from you and your willing participation. Or even slightly willful, in my case. I was having a blast with the assignments and getting excellent grades. She wanted to know my secret. I didn't even have a name for it at the time. But it was happy. The happy way. Balance, growth, engagement, fun. I told her to have fun with it. But she didn't consider it fun. She didn't know how she could. It took some convincing, but I suggested that she frame her next journal entry as a dance. She thought that was crazy, but I persisted. I told her how I had done a journal entry completely in verse. I'd done one as a game show, uh, a musical, and even one as a eulogy because it fit the material and was still funny. Humor and surprise play a big part. And actually, reading the material, I wasn't getting around that. So, she begrudgingly took my advice and choreographed an analysis of the assigned reading, describing her thoughts through movement. She took something she knew about dance and connected to the assignment through that filter. Teaching and learning, engaging and having fun all at the same time. It helped her enjoy it more. And the teacher had the same reaction. She went up a letter grade by the end of the course. And no, she didn't every time do an assignment as dance. She had other ways to connect with the material, other interests, things that were fun for her. Once she made that initial leap, as it were, <laughs> she just had to engage the human element and bring the text to life for herself and for the teacher. Happy expresses itself best through people, yourself and others. It's a way to connect with your own life and those around you. If it's only yourself or it's only other people, well, that can be hell. But if it's both balance and growth, then it's happy. So if in another class I had an assignment to write an analysis on a poem, say, by a long-dead poet, wherein I was meant to utilize formal analytical structures such as an introductory paragraph, example paragraphs, and a concluding paragraph. 
I would instead write it as a play, where I could debate the poem with the ghost of the long-dead poet, actually discussing and analyzing the poem, which was the point of the original assignment. Did I read the assignment? Yes. Got to start there. Did I analyze it? Yes. I just changed the format, made it fun, and still proved that I grasped the material. But I was better able to grasp the material because I intended to make it fun from the very beginning. That was my point all along, even while reading the assignment. The teachers loved it. Sometimes they had me read my work in class. The students loved it because I was summing up the coursework in fun and memorable ways. And now even those who didn't do the work could finally be included, which made the class experience more engaging for all of us. Soon, my classmates sought me out afterwards, in groups. They wanted to know if I had read the next assignment, and if I could tell them about it in a fun way. They were just trying to get out of doing the work, I know. But some of them tried and were still struggling, and others didn't really need my help, but they just liked the way I made it entertaining. So I'd hold court in the outer lobby of the library, me on one of the cushioned benches along the wall, and one or two dozen undergraduates sitting on the carpet at my feet. Jocks, sorority girls, and my fellow geeks all together as I told them the plot of whatever we were assigned in storyteller fashion. So there was once this rooster, right? A real colorful character named Chanticleer. And he was the pride of the meager farm upon which he lived, with his hens living large and having a ball. And then one night, he had a bad dream. Is how I started the nun's priest's tale of the Canterbury Tales, which is from the 1300s, written in Middle English, which is more a foreign language than Shakespeare ever was centuries later. Here's an example. Thana crohe that it mikta not been amended. Which means, then he crowed so that it could not be improved. Which means, he was the best crowing cock on the block. I'm not dumbing it down. I'm just making it fun for myself. I still read every word. I told you I did the work. And it was a lot of work. But I knew that I could get it. That I could make it fun for me and for others. And it's a good story. A rooster who dreams of a fox coming to get him and is shamed by all the hens into ignoring the warning and so drops his guard when a real fox shows up. Then it becomes a game of wits. It's fun and funny once you get through the reading. I had to use the footnotes and the translations and the margins, but I was happy to do it. And that's what you have to find, that happy thing that you can bring to bear on whatever you're doing. And before you think I never had to do another analytical paper again, no, I did. In fact, I had to do them every time. You see, I'd submit my play, poem, circus extravaganza, or what have you, and would get it returned without a grade because I didn't fulfill the assignment to the letter of the law. And I'd be asked to do it again as instructed. And I would, because I really didn't understand the material by that point. And they could tell. And they were just worried that 
I didn't understand proper analysis. So I had to prove that I did. But because I always had two assignments turned in to everyone else's one, I always got a great grade. And while everyone else was struggling with their essays the night before they were due because they had put it off to the last minute and hadn't read enough and my story versions only gave them the gist because they weren't meant to be replacements, I had already finished my creative version, which I usually handed in early because it didn't take nearly as long and I enjoyed doing it. Then since I'd already made the deadline, when I was, when I was invariably asked to do another, the proper way, I didn't have to sweat so hard because it was familiar territory by then. And I could now look at the returned essays of my classmates to see what the best grades got, who, who, who did what and where and why. I didn't plagiarize because that would have been too obvious and I'm not a plagiarist. But I saw what sorts of things the teacher best responded to. Was it the symbolism, the underlying themes, or what? I also did extra credit whenever possible. I was trying to make learning and growth fun and happy for all. I asked questions in class, not to brown nose, but to engage. And sometimes I even went until after class to follow up. But because I had a resource, the teacher, who had way more experience with the material and actually liked geeking out about it with me. I did that in every class that I liked. I showed an interest. Teachers like that. <laughs> it connects people. It's happy in school. Happy school. Happy's cool. Happy school? Happy's cool? <laughs> Yowza.